You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, NASA Chobie. Welcome in, welcome in to another edition of Hawk Talk. The Seahawks getting ready to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Hoping to get back in the win column after a tough loss against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. But that was last week. The Seahawks are back at practice this week, getting ready to go. Taking on those Arizona Cardinals. What's on tap? What's on tap? Bump, these Cardinals, man, one in five, last place in the NFC West, but they're kind of, it's an interesting one to five, man, because they haven't been dogged every week. You know what I'm saying? They've showed up, they've competed, they lost to the Commanders, Giants, beat the Cowboys, lost to the Niners, Bengals, and Rams. Been a tough year for first year head coach Jonathan Gannon. They're in last place. Two heartbreaking losses, two games that they've been competitive in. They've kind of shown up. They were in the Rams game, in the Niners game. For a little bit, then they just kind of fell apart at the end. But uh, they're hard to get a read on. You know, I'll say this off top. I think this is a game the Seahawks should win, and this should be a get-right game for them. But we were just saying it off there. You got to respect the opponent, especially coming off a loss bump. But what have you seen from the uh, the Cardinals specifically in their last game against the Rams? The Rams. When you think of the Rams, right, you think of offense, but you don't necessarily think of running the ball. And uh, they were able to do that against the Cardinals. Rookie, not rookie, but second-year guy, Kyron Williams rushed for 158 yards. He is banged up now, but he did his thing. Um, He produced the best individual performance in nearly three years, despite just getting four yards on two carries in the first half. Man, that dude was balling. It ran for a season high, 179 yards, and ran the ball 25 times in the second half, including at one point, eight straight runs. Man, they kept giving it to the guy and saying, run that thing. Arizona, it was tight. I remember looking at this game where uh, we're in the studio watching it, and it was tight at first. Arizona actually led 9-6 at halftime, uh, but Joshua Dobbs, he threw a red zone interception and fumbled on his sector in the second half, and the L.A. Rams ran away with that thing, man, winning it 26-9. to The Rams scored 20 unanswered points in the second half, and Cooper Cup, welcome back. I think it's the second game. He had 148 yards and seven receptions. Uh, the Cardinals couldn't get much going. Dobbs was 21-41. I'm, I'm surprised they're allowing him to throw the ball that yeah. much, right? 21-41, 235 yards, one interception, and he was their leading rusher with 47 yards and seven carries. That's not good. To make things worse for the Cardinals, their team is still pretty banged up. You got cornerback Antonio Hamilton. He uh, has an injured groin in the fourth quarter. Both starting safety set out. Jalen Thompson missed his first game of the season with a hamstring. Buda Baker is on injured reserve. These guys are banged up. And then the guy who they expect to run the ball, James Conner, also set out for the first time this season after going on the IR. The uh, excuse me, not the Rams. The Cardinals are banged up. But like we said, respect the opponents. Yeah, and fresh off the presses today out of Arizona, it looks like Buda Baker has now returned to practice. Doesn't mean he's going to play against the Seahawks on Sunday. It would be kind of a nice homecoming for Buda, who obviously played at Bellevue High School and then went on to start at University of Washington before getting drafted and paid by the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll stay tuned on Buda if he's coming back. And then Kyler Murray returned to practice as well, but I would not expect to see him for a very long time. Um, well, at least, you know, I don't think they're going to rush anything back at this point. Right. I feel like... I don't think this season, none of the players who are playing would say that 
they're punting the season away, but I don't think there's any rush to get a guy like Colin Murray who needs who's their franchise back on the field, especially with a season like this. So we'll see. We got to respect the opponent. I think the Seahawks have a better roster, but they've done some good things and they got some good players. And we'll jump into this head-to-head uh, comparison right here. We're looking offensively. The Cardinals are actually better than you'd think. Looking at their record, they're 15th in the NFL, so they're right in the middle, essentially, uh, averaging 331 yards per game. They're sixth in rush offense, 141 wow. yards per game, which is one that really surprised me. That might just be, you know, in games when they've gotten behind, they just ran that thing, and now you have a quarterback that's also running, but still a really good stat, sixth in the NFL. They're 25th when it comes to passing offense, 190 yards per game, and they're 20th in points per game at 19.5. When you flip it over on the Seahawks side, Seahawks are trending a little bit back towards where they were. They're 14th overall in total offense, 332 yards a game. 20th running the ball, 104 yards a game. 11th passing the ball, 227 a game. And they're 8th in points per game at 24. That dropped a little bit after not scoring a lot of points against the Cincinnati Bengals. But looking at these two teams offensively, Bump, it's actually pretty, it's a lot closer than you think. They seem seem really even offensively. But then you look at the personnel, and we're going to get in a matchup. So you look at the Seahawks and Geno and DK and Tyler and K-9 and Jackson Smith, the jig bud, now Jake Bubble. You look at all these guys, and you look at Arizona, and you're not going to have Connor anymore. DeAndre Hopkins right. is not in the building anymore. You know what I'm saying? They have some good receivers, which we'll get to later. Zach Ertz is there. He's a little bit older now. It's just not the same, and especially without Kyler Murray. Joshua Dobbs is doing his thing as much as he can, but I'm actually surprised where their numbers are at, but – I definitely give the Seahawks the advantage if we're comparing both offenses. Yeah, I'm really surprised at the overall rank of their offense and especially in the run game. Man, number six overall, a buck 41. The Hawks would love to be in their shoes there. Let's go over on the defense now. Hawks are 16th overall, fifth when it, against the run, and they are 28th against the pass and 18th when it comes to points allowed. For the Cardinals, 28th overall, 24th against the run, 22nd against the pass, and 27th when it comes to giving up points. They're giving up 27 points per game. Both teams have four interceptions to their name. Both teams have a bunch of penalties. I was talking about it earlier today with Stacy that um, if the Hawks can clean something up, I think it would be the penalties. Had a couple costly ones last week, but um, – I don't think they're not a disciplined team, but that's a sign of an undisciplined team. So just clean it up, man. We know we know they can play some clean football. Yeah, no question about it. And looking at the defensive numbers you just ran through, Bump, the Seahawks definitely have that advantage. They're playing a lot of good ball, especially given the performance they just had against Cincinnati. Cardinals have struggled a little bit, man. They've struggled where guys, especially against the Rams last week, where they kind of just imposed their will against them running the football. So, again, advantage Seahawks in terms of the head-to-head comparison, but there's a reason you play the games. And I was just chatting with the producer for my counterpart with the Arizona Cardinals. And these games with Seattle, man, the Seattle's won three of four, but nothing's guaranteed. It's a divisional matchup. There's been a lot of weird games in the history of these two teams, even when the Seahawks win in Super Bowls. So definitely don't count the Cardinals out. And while we're talking about old games, let's know the history. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 25 to 22 in one and have won four of their last five meetings. Uh, last time these guys matched up, the Seahawks went down to the desert, beating the Cardinals 31-21 last November. And this is where things are real good, Bump. Things were rolling. The Seahawks just picked up their sixth win of the year. They went to 6-3 and three at that point. And honestly, this was one of the times last season where you really started to feel like Geno Smith has got something. I don't remember if you remember this game, Bump. He has a really unlucky ball. It gets tipped, intercepted, ran back for a touchdown. Yeah. Cardinals take the lead, 
And right when you kind of feel like things could be going the other way, no, Gino, calm, cool, and collected. Responds on offense with drives of 75, 81, 85 yards down the stretch, pushing the Seahawks to that 31-21 victory. Gino had a great day, 275 yards, two touchdowns, while K-9 rookie had 109 yards and two touchdowns. Noah Fant got in the action with 96 yards on five receptions. Jordan Brooks led the team in tackles, and Uchenna Nwosu had two picks, or excuse me, two sacks of Kyler Murray in that game. So hoping to see a lot more of that, hoping to see Gino bounce back performance and handle things against these Cardinals. But things are always tough in the NFC West. But let's check on everybody else. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? All right, let's take a look at the division, man. The Hawks took an L last week, but so did the San Francisco 49ers. They're now 5-1. Seattle's right behind them at 3-2. The Rams are 3-3, three and, three, and the Cardinals are one and five. They had a good game last week. The 49ers went over to Cleveland, but um, they took a loss, man. Brock Purdy got his first loss as a starter um, in the NFL, man, and it snapped the 49ers' 15-game regular season win streak. 23-year-old Purdy, man, he he's had such a great start to his career, perfect in the regular season. He's had 10 regular season starts. All of them wins, has the highest passer rating through those 10 games, 121.1, but uh, he took an L. And he lost to P.J. Walker, man. P.J. Walker is such an interesting quarterback. I mean, I think he started with the Carolina Panthers. Was he in the AFL or wherever that, that league was called? AF? I think he's in all of them. AF, XFL, all of them. <laughs> he was doing his thing. One of them things, man. Um, and P.J. Walker got himself a win. But um, things started off well for the 49ers. They took the opening possession, 84 yards on five plays. Christian McCaffrey, another touchdown from Brock Purdy. After a couple of missed field goals, the 49ers increased their lead to 10-0 with a 25-yard field goal from Jake Moody. The Browns say, you know, we got an answer for you. They put together a solid drive, five plays, 83 yards, ending with a Kareem Hunt touchdown. That was set by a 58-yard pass to Amari Cooper, one of the more underrated receivers in the league, too, man. I think Amari Cooper doesn't get the love that he deserves, but he is paid, though, so maybe he's not really hey. underrated because my man is paid. Uh, that made the score 10 to 7 to both teams went into the half. In the second half, the Browns were put together four field goal drives and left the door open for the 49ers late. The only touchdown in the second half for the 49ers came after a Browns interception that Lenore ran back to the eight-yard line. Jordan Mason would score a rushing touchdown on the next play. Um, after Dustin Hopkins for fourth field goal today. Goodness gracious. All they did was kick field goals. This feels like a, a Friday night game in the Northwest when it's raining uh, between mm-hmm. two high schools, man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. The Niners will go will get the ball back down 19 to 17 with a buck 40 remaining. Then Brock Purdy will lead the Niners down the field, getting to the Browns 23 yard line. Heartbreaking for the 49ers, man. This is crazy. Jake Moody within missed a game winning field goal. 43 yard as time expires. I saw the reaction of Cleveland fans all across the country. I didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Um, that was an interesting game. But we knew this was going to be a tough one, right? Because the Cleveland Browns defense is something special. You got a great defensive line. They played a lot of man on the back end. I think that's what forced um, a lot of these bad throws by Brock Purdy. He's just seeing these zones and influencing mm-hmm. guys going left and right. He didn't have those windows that he's used to seeing. Purdy finished the day with was 12 of 27 for a buck 25, one touchdown, one interception. McCaffrey had 43 yards and 11 carries, and Brendan Ayuk had four receptions for 76 yards. Yeah, man, Bump, I listen, we were all sitting there during the – our post-game show was on the air at that point, 
And right when that score and that kick was missed, we're all like, yeah, I feel a little better. Yeah. I feel just like uh-huh. a little bit better. And I feel like all Seahawks fans kind of felt that same way. And I'm not saying it because the 49ers are a good football team. But right. did the Browns try to give everybody a little blueprint maybe? I don't maybe. know, Bob. I don't know. Maybe it's playing man. Maybe it's Purdy throwing the ball outside the numbers. I don't know. All I know is made Seahawks fans feel a little bit better. I wish the Seahawks would have won. Obviously, would have been able to gain a game in the standings. But we'll save that for another day. Let's get back into these Cardinals, figure out how they match up against your Seattle Seahawks. Man up. Hey, who is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. We're going to start like we always do, looking at the quarterbacks. We're going to start with Joshua Dobbs taking on the Seahawks defense. Now, Dobbs, he's had an interesting kind of route to get at this point. He was a fourth-round pick out of the University of Tennessee. Spent his first two seasons in Pittsburgh and spent last year with the Titans. But he hasn't been a full-time starter. He only started two games in Tennessee in place of Ryan Tannehill and was not a starter in Pittsburgh. And this is the first time he's really had that opportunity to step up as, you know, the Cardinals obviously are without been without Kyler Murley this whole season. So while Dobbs has done some good things, Bump, when you watch their games, he's really struggled with accuracy and crippling fourth quarter turnovers. Like I looked it up and it's not good in winning time. Dobbs this season has four, excuse me, has five fourth quarter turnovers. He has two fourth quarter turnovers in each of the last two games against the Rams and the Bengals games that they were in. He in an interception and a fumble against the Rams and against Cincinnati had a fumble and an interception, all of those in the fourth quarter. So it's not surprising when you look at it and you see that the Cardinals are the worst fourth quarter team in the national football league being outscored 64 to seven. So I actually like Dobbs. I think he's an athlete. I think he gives them a little bit of different uh, dimension in terms of how he runs the football. But turning the ball over late in games when it's winning time is really hard to do. He's completing 62.8% of his passes, which ranks 25th in the National Football League. On the year, he's 123 for 196, 1,215 yards, six touchdowns, and three interceptions. He's been sacked 11 times. And here's the kicker, though. He has fumbled six. His six fumbles are second in the National Football League. So his issue right now is turning the ball over, which, which should bode well for the Seahawks defense, who's coming off their best game of the year. Back-to-back, actually, once you include New York. Again, Cincy, they held the likes of Joe Burrow to 185 yards, one interception, held the Bengals to 52 yards and three points in the second half, a total of 214 yards for the game. And they've climbed up from, you know, kind of the bottom of the league to 16th overall in defense, giving up 336 yards per game. So this is a matchup I like. When I look at this, I think Dobbs can can do some nice things for him if they're playing close. But you you turn the ball over, you make them one-dimensional. I think he's prone to really – hurting his team late in games as he's shown this so far this season. So I think the Seahawks got a real opportunity here to uh, create some turnovers and get their first turnover at home bump. They don't have any turnovers at Lumen field, which is crazy. Yeah. That's, that's crazy to think about, man. And six fumbles by that young man. I never wish bad on anybody, but goodness gracious, we could use a couple of those. Right, let's look at our quarterback, Gina. I mean, Dobbs has been struggling. Gino has been struggling a little bit too the past couple of weeks. Against the Giants, he was 13 to 20 for a buck 10 and one touchdown last week. He was 27 to 41, 323 yards. Sounds good, right? But zero touchdowns and two interceptions. My man was sacked four times the most he's been sacked this year. Through five games, Gino only has five touchdowns and three interceptions. During the first half last season, Gino was playing dang near perfect football. It ain't been like that this year. 
Uh, when you look at him compared to the other quarterbacks in the league, completion percentage, he's 11, completing 67% of his passes, 22nd in yards, over 1,100 yards. Uh, he is 12th when it comes to yards per game, and his QB rating is good enough for 15th. His QBR is 11. Um, but that doesn't mean he's playing bad football. He's just um, – he played so well last year that we're used to seeing him play at a higher level. He needs 80 completions, though, to pass John Kenna for sixth place on Seattle's all-time completions list with 659. And he needs two touchdowns to pass Rick Meyer for sixth place on Seattle's all-time passing touchdown list with 42. So there's something that he can work for. He hasn't played good the last two weeks, but he's still shown that he can be the genome that we know and love. Uh, this year, like I mentioned, 1,100 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. So he's going against a Cardinals defense that gives up a lot of yards and gives up a lot of yards through the air and will give up a lot of points. So I'm not saying it's a, a get-right game because I don't think Geno played horribly last game, just made a couple of mistakes. But uh, this could be a feel-good game for Geno. Get back to the the vibes that uh, we're used to seeing him play with. Yeah, and it's really only a couple of plays, though, Bob. That's the crazy thing because he made some really good throws to lock in in the game last week, right. a couple of good plays here and there. He just the one where you missed Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, that would have been a touchdown. And then a couple, honestly, late in the game, pressure was on him so quickly on the two fourth down red zone trips that it's really hard to do anything when you're under that kind of pressure. So I'm expecting not a get-right game for Geno Bump, a get-right game for this whole squad because I feel right. like Geno's going to have a great day. I think he's going to take care of the football and I'm excited to see Geno be himself. Now, flipping it on the other side of the Cardinals wide receivers, we got Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson taking on this talented Seahawks secondary. And now the receiving core, they're not going to wow you with the stats and the numbers they put up this year, but they do have some playmakers in the room that you got to respect. They're led by shifty Marquise Brown. Brown leads the Cardinals in receptions, yards, touchdowns, targets, first downs, and yards after catch. This is kind of the do-it-all guy for them. He was a 1,000-yard receiver in his last season in Baltimore before coming to the Cardinals in 2022. Last year, pretty good year. He was alongside DeAndre Hopkins with 67 receptions, 709 yards, three touchdowns through 12 games. Now this year, 29 receptions on 53 targets for 334 yards and three touchdowns. So he's a good player, man. He, he's a guy that he's hard to get down in space. When, when you can get him the ball, he's definitely somebody that's got some wiggle. He can get by you. He can run by you. So he's definitely a guy that you want to watch out for. Behind him, in terms of statistics, you got Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford bump. You've probably got to see him play a decent amount. 18 receptions on 22 targets, 317 yards, two touchdowns. In that receiver room also, I mean, he's a tight end, but Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore are other guys that they kind of lean on. So they got some good players, but right now, I have had this much confidence in Seahawks secondary since, you know, the Legion of Boom was playing, honestly. Right. Like, straight up, you look at the guys because they have the same type of, not to compare, I don't mean that, but they have guys that have the same type of playmaking ability. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, Devin Witherspoon, he continued to make plays every week. Second in the NFL with seven passes defended. He had three passes defended last week. The only player in the NFL that has more than him is Darius Williams for Jacksonville with nine. So, he's making plays anywhere he's on the field. Jamal Adams had a great game. Four tackles, one TFL, one QB hit. He played 85% of the snaps, and it was his first full game start to finish since November 29th, 2021 against Washington. He made some really good plays. He broke up a screen where he had two linemen that he had to split, made a great play, and just his energy. So I'm loving what we're seeing there. And the Hawks are 28th in the NFL against the pass, pass excuse me, allowing 257 yards per game. 
but they've been really good as of late the last two weeks, averaging just 152 yards against the Giants and Bengals. So again, the Seahawks secondary is playing some really good football, and the Cardinals have some good players on offense, but this is another matchup by a definitely go advantage Seahawks because they're just playing so well, and the confidence is there. And I think from Clint Hurt, when you can put Witherspoon and Jamal Adams on the edges, and you're not sure which one is going to blitz, who's going to drop, who's going to go deep. Is Quandra Diggs coming down, buzzing the flat? There's just so much versatility that they can do. Now you got Trey Brown who comes in there. He's making plays. So really excited about this secondary, and, and I'm really excited to see them You know, try to put the clamps on these uh, Cardinal receivers. Yeah, the secondary, we knew it was going to be a lot of depth in that secondary, but to see these guys actually put it all together in motion it is exciting, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Let's look at the running backs. Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet against his Cardinal front seven. The Seahawks, they struggle to run the ball against the Bengals, only 87 yards and 25 carries. And they haven't really found their groove yet when it comes to running the rock yet, man. The Hawks ranks 20th in the NFL with 104 yards per game. Ken Walker, of course, leads the way, 83 carries for 345 and six touchdowns. Zach Charbonnet, I need some more Zach Charbonnet. He's got 23 for 109. Give that man the ball inside the red zone. Um this could be the week they finally get things going, man. The Cardinals are 24th in the league when it comes to defending the run. They'll give up about a buck 33 per game. Uh, but given what happened to the Rams last week, man, that should give these guys some confidence. Kyron Wilson ran all over this defense to see if we can do the same. As a team, the Rams rushed for 179 yards on 25 carries. And like I mentioned earlier, there was a time where they just said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's keep running it, running it, running it. Ran it eight times. I'm looking forward to see if they can get the run game going. Bump, if you're a defender and that offense says, you know what, we're going to line up, I don't care if you know what the play is, we're going to run it nine times in a row, that is the most demoralizing feeling yeah. you can have. You're getting yourself up. I'd rather, man, if you're on defense, you give up a 80-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, three plays, okay, but coverage bust, we can whatever. But when someone physically imposes their will on you like that, nine straight times in the NFL, that's unheard of, man. That So... You're right. I, I want to see more Charbonnet, and I think the Seahawks can really take advantage of that because they're hurting a little bit defensively. So, Buda Baker, if you're out there, Seattle legend, rest up this week, man. Chilled out. Ain't no reason Chilled. to rush back. You can come on back, say hi to the fam, you know, wave at everybody. That'd be great. You don't need to rush back on the field. Think about your health. You, you know get on the plane. Come kick it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Keep that hoodie on, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shoot. Okay, the last matchup I want to get into is the Cardinals offense. So they're running back specifically against the Seahawks front seven. Cardinals, their most dangerous weapon, probably their best player on offense is without question, James Conner. That dude is a monster when he's healthy. Unfortunately for them, he went down with a knee injury against the Bengals. So he's on IR. Conner was a team leading rusher with 364 yards on 68 carries and two touchdowns. Second leading rusher is the quarterback is Dobbs. 34 carries, 189 yards in one touchdown. Starting in place of Connor last week was Keontae Ingram. He's played in four games this season with 22 carries and just 55 yards. Against the Rams, though, he had 10 carries for 40 yards. Ingram was a six-round pick out of USC in 2022. Now, without James Connor, they look a lot differently, and how you respect the run is a lot different without him back there. And this is what the Seahawks have done well all season long. They've shut down the run. The Hawks are fifth in the NFL, allowing just 79 yards per game, and they are number one in the National Football League in yards per carry, allowing 3.17. No player individually has reigned for more than 67 yards against the Seahawks defense. So, again, every all these big matchups we looked at, I feel like the Seahawks have the advantage bump. So why don't you bring us home, let us know how we get this done, path to victory. 
at the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. This is how these guys are going to get this done. One, you cannot go 0-2 in this division. You have to take care of business, right? It's about to get real here pretty soon. It already is real. What are we, six, seven weeks into the season already? It feels like it just got started. But it's important that you get this win this weekend. And how are you going to do that? You get after this quarterback who we mentioned will turn the football over late. And he could fumble the ball, get the turnover game going and do what you've done against the run. Shut it down. This team has been one of the best in the league when it comes to stopping the run. And now we want to stop the run and then we want to run the football. Okay. The Rams might've shown the Seahawks, the blueprint to this thing. And what I saw, honestly, man, I saw them pack it in with two tight ends on a balance set, bring those receivers in, run your zone off of that, and then expand from there. I really like the way that the Rams approach the Cardinals this week. And then Gino, be you dog. Don't force nothing. Take what's there. Get the ball out quickly and uh, be that smooth operator we saw last year. That sounds good to me, Bob. Let's get this done. Big Ray always talking about it. Get right, get right, get right. This is a get right game for the Seahawks. You're at home. Go 1-0 this week. Take care of business and set yourself up for success moving on this season. Reminder, guys, you can catch us everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sirius XM, and more wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to rate us five-star. We really appreciate the love, and thanks for listening. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been another edition of Hawk Talk. Getting you ready for the Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday at Lumen Field. You can hear us on the radio at 10 a.m., kickoff at 105, right there on Seattle Sports and Cairo 97.3, or anywhere else on the Seahawks radio network. Hopefully, we're talking to you guys next Monday with a Seahawks victory.